views expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. More thunder. Don't cry victim to me. Don't do it. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life. When, today. 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 Just Be- for today. Because yesterday's gone, and today's all you got, and blah, 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 and platitudes and all those cute sayings on the wall. They call it a present because They call it's it a gift because it's a present. I don't know. Anyway. So they call it a cowbell because it's a cowbell. Well, welcome. <laughs> I call it Friday. Do you? What is it? What? <laughs> there's Throwback Thursday, and there's what is it? Throw Up Thursday. What's Friday? Fallback Friday. Is there a Fallback Friday? I don't know what it's called. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, the topic uh, on this episode of uh, Dave's Solutions for Life today, this entitled to overcome thing. What it, is the? What are we talking about today? We're talking about restoring sanity um, through steps eight and nine. Through building or rebuilding relationships. And we're kind of going off of uh, three more uh, topics that the listeners presented when we asked them what they would like us to talk about. Uh, Sabrina M. Listeners are important. That's what keeps us doing what we're doing. That's what keeps us talking. Right. Right. So Sabrina M. and Catherine L. and and TJ, we're going to be talking about uh, some stuff surrounded around what they commented on. Um, so there you go. Uh, but we've got, of course, our little uh, little clock ticking here. Because don't you know, it's time for this. It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. <laughs> Wise guy. Well, listen, uh, the Coast Guard is offering a reward for info on buoy bell thieves. Buoy bell thieves. Yeah. So in Portland, Maine. Those little bells that float out in the ocean. Well, some of them aren't so little. Um, This is off the coast of Portland, Maine. The Coast Guard is offering a reward for information about brass gongs. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, best not. <laughs> then have been stolen from 10 buoys off of Maine's coast. The Coast Guard says nine bells were stolen from Penobscot Bay. Say that five times fast. And one was stolen off Bailey Island in Harpswell. The bell is simply stolen from the White Bull Gong Buoy off Bailey Island. Weighed 371 pounds, Dave. You, back in the day, if you were pilfering something, you usually 
at least I did. I'd take things I could put in my pocket. You know, not things that weighed hundreds and hundreds right. of pounds. Uh, the sounding devices help uh, boats navigate, you know, where it's hard to see, obviously. So whoever stole these things, these things are putting a lot of people at, at risk. Um, tampering with navigation aids is a federal crime. Didn't know that. Punishable by up to $25,000 per day that you have the item in your possession. $25,000 per day. So don't be stealing Jeez. stealing those. So that's our first one. Somebody stole the, the brass bells. <laughs> Number two, page two. Troopers cite 10 sports car drivers for going too slow. Did you ever get a ticket for going too slow? Mm, no. No. Me either. I, I don't think I ever have gone too slow. Too slow. <laughs> well, I don't know. So I'm driving down. It was called Highway 17 back years ago in the East Bay. And I'm going past Hagenberger Road on Highway 17. And I look over to my, my buddy Larry and I go, Larry, have you ever thought that when you're stoned, it seems like it's taking forever to get from one exit to the next on the freeway? And he looks over at me and he goes, that's because you're driving 15 miles an hour. <laughs> Because you are going slow because you're kind of, you know, messed up. And they say that marijuana doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Hamden, Connecticut. What do you got there? I'm not even going. (laughs) I'm not even going there. It's a good thing we don't film this. Uh, Hamden, Connecticut. State police in Connecticut usually pull over cars or driving too fast. But on Sunday, this last Sunday... Troopers stopped and ticketed 10 cars for going too slow. Now, this is the trip about it. Police received several cars from Angry Motorist Sunday about what were described as high-performance racing cars Hmm. that were slowing traffic to a crawl on the Wilbur Cross Parkway in New Haven. Police say that the lead car was filming the other cars, which were blocking both lanes of the highway so no other vehicles could pass. All 10 vehicles were pulled over and drivers were issued infractions. Drivers who had been stuck on the backup uh, thing on the breezeway there um, went by waving at the troopers, honking, saying thank you. <laughs> um, and here's number three. Restaurant sites worldwide freak out over its French fries. Uh, Waterville, Maine. A main restaurant says news about the anger surrounding a change in its French fry. I, okay, first, I just have to preface this by saying, don't we have enough to complain about in our lives? Um, Bowley's Famous Franks co-owner Leslie Parsons tells the Kennebec Journal, a newspaper in China, wanted to try its fries. And it received a call from people representing TV chef Rachel Ray. The journal had reported the Waterville restaurant faced threats of violence when it changed from crinkle cut to straight cut. There were bomb threats. Seriously? Yeah. Parsons says the change was a financial decision because crinkle cut fries required special blades that needed to be bought monthly. Really? Uh, I have a crinkle cut fry blade, and I've had it since I was in high school. I still have it. Um, But anyway... Uh, so people were, were threatening violence because they had 
done something on the Rachel Ray show and changed their menu up, and people were threatening to bomb the place. That's <laughs> the world is insane. It's going well, on. Well, I, I, you know, I didn't really <coughs> bother with this story, but not so long ago, they they were bombarding the 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 TV with these commercials. Yeah, of this restaurant chain that changed its name. Really, and then they were making a big deal about it. Turns out it was just a big publicity stunt. Oh, it's an intention. They changed IHOP, right? International International House of Pancakes to IHOB, International House of Burger. But it really wasn't and true. They sh- well, I don't know. I think I, I I'm, I'm speculating. I yeah. could be wrong. That it just totally backfired. Right, right, uh, and and they, you know, oh, it's we're just kidding, yeah, you know, we're not really changing our name. Oh, maybe they were going it's, to. It's and, back, right, right, right. But yeah, it was. I mean, they literally people free changed the, the. Here's the new logo, right? It's yeah, I hob. Yeah, I h o b, and then they were all the commercial was just showing a bunch of different burgers that they was on their menu now, which were on there already. <laughs> Right, right. But they're known right. for pancakes and right. breakfast, so right. They're trying to. They were trying to expand their audience. I, <laughs> I don't know this for sure, but I think it probably backfired on them. Yeah, and then and they it's like, to... uh, just we're just kidding. They were just joking around. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like the scene in, in in the movie Airplane, where, right? Where the guy trips over the extension cord. Oh, and yeah. the, the runway lights all go out. Go off. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just kidding. And then what's your name? Walks by. Like, I, I picked a bad day to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that does for our icebreakers. A little boring this week, but still. I mean, if you're going to freak out over a restaurant change or the French fries are different, <clears throat> you've got issues. There's probably a 12-step program for that, like there is for every little thing that people have issues with. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just pick a letter. And- pick a, yeah, right. Chapstick Anonymous. All right, we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. with us as we celebrate recovery at the 12th annual Hands Across the Bridge, September 7th, Marion Square Park, Salem, Oregon. There'll be a DJ, live music, food, games, and so much more from 2 to 7 p.m. And the admission is absolutely free. And during the main event at 5 p.m., all attendees will walk across the Marion Street Bridge to honor those in recovery and to remember those lost to addiction and mental health challenges in the past year. Again, September 7th, Marion Square Park, from 2 to 7 p.m., Salem, Oregon. For Hands Across the Bridge, building bridges, that's what we do. And now, back to more Solutions for Life Today with Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Who was that great announcer? That brought us back? Yeah. That was Cameron Meyer. That's my uh, that's my Larry the Cable Guy son I was telling oh, you about. Okay. Yeah. yeah kind of sounded like, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? 
Well, yeah, I know. What's his name? <laughs> What's his Norm. Name? Whatever the guy usually sits here. Oh, Marv? Marv. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of sounds like Marv. Yeah, kind of that deep voice yeah. kind of thing going on. Um, okay, so restoring sanity in, in, in steps eight and nine uh, through rebuilding or building relationships. Uh, Sabrina, so th- th- these are some of the, the questions um, or requests for topics. Uh, Sabrina M. said, how the ego separates us from our recovery and staying connected. So that's a form of insanity. Uh, TJ said, uh, how do you deal with confrontation sober? You want a pad? I need a piece of paper. Okay. Um, there you go. And there's a pen. Um, how do you deal with confrontation sober? Because that can, that can be a, an insane thing. And then uh, Catherine L. said, clear up how steps eight and nine should be accomplished within our recovery journey and how to handle those not accepting or willing to forgive, because that can be tricky. Um, It it can seem like when we're going through this step process, our recovery process, it can seem like we just keep battling insanity. I mean, gosh, everybody's lost their minds. People aren't forgiving me when I'm making amends. How do I restore these relationships? How do I build new relationships? So what's going on, Dave? What were your thoughts about all this? Well, you know, we talked about uh, a few of these, uh, a few of the topics, and Steps 8 and 9 was one of them from last week, sorry. Um, It just got my wheels turning, and as I was reading other people's comments, you know, about the, uh, what was it, confrontation, what was the first one that you read? Uh, the first one was how the ego separates us from our recovery and staying connected. Yeah. So I think that's a, a big part of the struggle that people have with steps eight and nine. Um, the ego, mm. our, our pride gets in the way, you know, sometimes I think in, in the process of when we're doing uh, our fourth step, Right. We, yeah. we make that list of people that we think owe us an amends. Right. I mean, that's kind of. That's the first column, really. Some people, yeah. do, you know, will add that part. How they, in. what they did to us. Kind right. Because it's, it's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't think I know anybody in amends. I think that this person and that person owe me an amends. Sure. But it gives us an opportunity to, to look at, okay, what is that situation that, uh, uh, we feel that this person owes us amends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm trying to think one off the top of my head. Um, let's say your your family cut cuts connection with you, right? Uh, right, because and, and this probably steps into uh, confrontation and dealing with that sober too. So when you're in your addiction, they they cut ties with you. Um, and you say, well, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, what's, you know, what, I don't understand what the issue is. You know, I, I, I had a job and I took, you know, I provided for my family and, you know, it's not like I was living, you know, homeless and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. hanging out at the bar or the casino. I mean, you could come up with all kinds of, uh, you know, excuses or reasons why they chose what they did. But the bottom line is, is when we're, we're, when we're in recovery or when we're making our life changes, we have to look at like, what is my part? What is my part in this? 
is there something that I did or didn't do, said or didn't say, that I need to take responsibility for that may have caused all this these things to be set into motion? Right. Um, and, in step, and in step four, really the only time you're given permission to point out the other person is that first column. Right. But then after that, you, you look at what happened and then you look at what was my part in it, right? Right. What part of and what part of what part of uh, of me did it affect? You know, right. ego, social, sexual, yeah. security, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And if if we're completely honest with ourselves, we will see what our part is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we, you know, there will be times maybe that it just we we can't see it or. You know, uh, maybe it isn't a, isn't a, anything to do with us. Maybe it's the other person. Maybe it was just that we were there, and that was the only, or not there, or not there. Good right? point. So I mean, and again, until we actually um, have a conversation with that person, yeah, um, whether it's in person or by letter or however you do it, those are probably the two best ways, right? Because um, nothing gets you know cons- you know misinterpreted if you have a third party involved. Sure, uh, we're oftentimes able to understand the whole scenario because if we're just going off our own understanding and we're you know we're just playing this out in our brain mm-hmm. of how we think things happened. Right. Uh, not about you, but ninety percent of the time, I was I was wrong. Yeah, I looked at it from a skewed perspective. Did you, when you were looking at this stuff and you thought you weren't wrong, did you know in your gut that you were, or did that, did you discover that as you were going? Did you, you know, was there sometimes you really knew you were wrong, but you just weren't going to give it up, or did you really not know? Um, I think, you know, I'm just uh, I talk from my own experience. Yeah. <clears throat> There were times, there were a lot of times, to be honest with you, that I knew absolutely that I was not wrong. That you weren't wrong. I was not wrong. Right. Uh, but in trying to make a point of proving that I was right, I would often hurt or even destroy oh. the other person. Yeah. Um, and so I had to learn to... Uh, communicate, and I had to look at why. Why I had to look at why do I do that? Why do you have to prove you're right? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I learned I didn't have to. Like, right. I don't want to hurt this other person, so there isn't really any. There's, there's no reason to prove that I'm right if it hurts the other person. Do you, Do you think this this drive to prove we're right, even though we know the other person may receive it or may not? It has something to do with emotional sobriety. We're we're almost dependent on you've got to believe and know that I was right and you were wrong for me to be okay with myself. I, I think it goes deeper than that. Do you? I think it goes deeper. I think it goes back to um, childhood traumas. Yeah. And I'm not talking necessarily about like the big ones. You know, we're talking about, right. you know, abuse and... I'm talking about the little traumas that stack up, the the little things like, uh, you know, 
you're, you know, people telling you that you're doing something wrong or here's a list of chores to do and you do all but one you didn't get to. Right. And the focus is entirely on, on the that one, one that you didn't get to and nothing is said about everything you did do. And so that's all, all this negative stuff that yeah. just builds up on yeah. or the feeling of abandonment. Right. Right. The people, especially the people that you care about and that are supposed to be the ones that are, you know, your parents or your other family. Your protectors, you're safe your, with them, all yeah, that Yeah, it could stuff. be your grandparents, could be your adopted parents, whatever, whoever. Yeah. Um, didn't uh, give you what you needed, mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't meet your your emotional right. uh, emotional needs, and maybe they didn't they didn't know how to do that because they were not ever taught that either. So they may have been doing the best they could, but we don't see that. And at the time, we don't even care about that. It's yeah. like, no, you did this. Yeah, you're the one that you know did this to me. You owe me an apology. I mean, we can go we can go all the way down that road, but the reality is, is like, okay, we can use that. We can use that excuse up until the point, I think, that we turn 18 years old, that we're legally an adult. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's sooner than that. Mm-hmm. But, what you know, whatever the point is where you are mature enough to understand that you're responsible now for your life. You're not you, – you're able to make choices on your own to do something different, right? You're not five years old where you're kind of dependent on adults to, yeah. you know, food, shelter, and clothing. Right. Um, so – at that point, you got you have to grow up, um, and and be responsible for yourself. So, so what but, somebody did to you may be terribly wrong, right. but you're responsible for how you respond to that. Are you going to be a victim for the rest of your life? Are yeah. you going to let you know? Are you going to rent space to them in your head free yeah. of charge? Yeah, you know, are you going to you know are you going to drink that poison and expect them to die? Right, you know all those things that we we talk about, you know. And resentments and anger and they, they keep us stuck. And we're, we're, our, our society is plagued with this being, well, being controlled turn, by other people's oh stuff, letting, um, yeah, all you got to do is turn on the news, turn, turn on, on the news, turn on any channel these days news. and everything is about, you know, they're bashing somebody. Right. And it doesn't matter if the, they have the facts or not, or even part of the, sometimes they just take stuff out of context. Yeah. You know, and how many yeah. times have we complained about seeing things on TV? You know, we see sometimes televangelists that their their message they're taking things out of context because it fits into whatever their message is. Right. But the reality is, is if you look at whatever they're sharing with you, um, if you go and read, you know, uh, both sides of that, yeah, it has a totally different meaning. Right. Um, so we have to we have to educate ourselves, and we have to try to do something different. And I think just think that. You know, they, it comes with maturity. I mean, I, I stayed stuck in a long time uh, being angry and resentful at other people because mm-hmm. I had this thing in my mind that, uh, you know, if everyone else would just do things my way, everything would be fine. Right. Because, you know, I'm, I'm You're a right. smart guy and I'm right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I, you know... But that, 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 to me, that started out as that's what it was modeled for me. And yeah. so like, I'm going to take 
charge of my own life, right? I'm not uh-huh. going to let anybody control me or anything, right? There goes, you yep. know, step one, right? Right, right. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not powerless over anything. I took my power back when I was about 16 years old, right? And you're not going to, you're not going to get it from me, right? I, right. I, I, I have a job and I'm, you know, I, I was one of those ones that had, you know, I had a job, I had a family, you know, you know, uh, I got this new car, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah all, all the rest. But what you didn't see, right, <laughs> is uh, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, uh, Maybe I'm skipping paying my rent every other month. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in default with my car payment because I'm spending all my money on other things. You know, whether it be uh, uh, being codependent mm-hmm. on someone else, and mm-hmm. so I want to please them, mm-hmm. or you know, on on uh, uh, on the drugs, you know, the alcohol. Yeah, and that's why I mean, that's why I started slinging dope is because oh, that I can use for free and still make some money right and then it got to be the point where i was just spending all my money on on drugs drugs and alcohol well and, and you know it, and it's losing just, jobs and and all you know it just kind of goes back downhill i read um and i don't know how true this is it's one of those statistic things that they say whoever they are but it kind of made sense to me and it was addressing it was an article addressing um, how upset people get when they see their high school friends succeeding on social media. Like maybe they're posting pictures of their yacht or their brand new five bedroom home or things like that. And people will get depressed and because they, they haven't got to that point in life where they've got, they're independently wealthy or, or whatever. That in fact, if you pull back the veneer of some of these people that are constantly posting all these wonderful things. Yeah. You may very well find just exactly what you're talking about. They're in debt up to their eyeballs. Their marriage is in the toilet, mm-hmm. you know. And and you think you're seeing this wonderful life, but what they're trying to do is they're boasting of that to try to convince themselves that everything's okay. When very well it may not be. Well, and we've a lot of people have been taught that it's all about appearances. You bet. If you look good, then you are good. Right. It's kind of you know. If you if your, you know if your office or your your home is is uh, tidy and and pristine clean, and yeah then you you that means you must have your life together, right? You know, right. And it, I know people that their house is a sham and they're some of the most happiest people I've ever met. <laughs> but you, you walk in, you, you just go, go to my house. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hoarders Anonymous. <laughs> I got a pathway through my garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some days I have a pathway through my house. Well, it goes into the kitchen and then from the kitchen into the bedroom. Right. And then, you know, the bathroom. <laughs> that's it. So when Sabrina says how the ego separates us from our recovery and staying connected, when when we put our ego ahead of everything, well, I hate to say this because it's kind of a corny saying, but it's true. Your ego is not your amigo. It's not. Hmm. Uh, because I don't think I've ever heard that one. When we put <laughs> when we put our own intellect before that of what our creator has for us. Yeah. Doesn't it say something about, uh, don't lean on our own understanding. Right. Right. Yeah. But in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will light your path. Right. And so if he's lighting your path, you'll stay connected. Your recovery will be healthy. But if you, 
because that's what happened to me. Somebody told me in in uh, my twelve step fellowship years ago um, to create God out of my own understanding, because and at the time I didn't know any better. They were misunderstanding what that step was saying. I get that now, but then I believed them. So I made this list of everything I wanted God to be, and I became the creator. Right. And then I was right back in the trouble that I was in the beginning, thinking that I was the boss. What our ego gets in the way that just, I mean, that's just another way of, of, of saying that we feel like we're the God of our own universe. Right. You know, and I, I kind of fell into that trap. And, yeah. and it wasn't like, I'm, oh, I'm a God. But it was more of like, I can't, I cannot rely on anyone else except for myself. No one else is going to give me what I need except for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody can help me, right? Because they really don't care. They're off doing their own thing for their own, you know, selfish means. And so you got, got, and then you, you know, I, I, I met people that were Christians and then saw that they're hypocrites, and so I'm like, well, okay, well, if that's you know what that's Christianity in God, yeah. it looks like. I don't want to do that. And then the other side of that, my my grandmother was like super Christian. I mean, like you know, prayer uh, prayer meetings like daily. Uh, she they didn't you know she didn't believe in uh, conventional medicine, mm-hmm. um, which was I think down, her downfall because you know. I believe that God enabled people to be to be able to trained to be right. doctors yeah. so that they can help people. Some are better than others, you know. There sure. there are a lot of people that get caught up in the in the system, but um, so God actually provided with my grandmother an opportunity to get healed. She uh, she was in a car accident, and in the, from that car accident, her husband broke a hip. He's like, "Yeah, fix me." <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel pain, you know. He's like, you know, whatever. Give me some drugs, right? Um, my, my grandma says, "No, God's going to heal me," right? And he said, "Well, you, we you got cancer, and you know, if we ca- we do something now, we could probably catch it, and you know, yeah." And she's like, you know, she was like, "Nope, God's gonna God's gonna heal me." Um, she ended up dying from that cancer, but uh, I learned so much from that. Not at that moment, but later on. It's you know the story of the the boat, the helicopter, and all right, that. right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. God's gonna save me. I'm yeah. good, right? Yep. And then you get to heaven and go, God, what the heck? What happened? Right. Well, what did you what did you want? I gave you all this. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity for my grandmother and God to present me with this vision of God is in everything, right? Right. Um, and if we just have faith and turn our life over and but we also have to do our part in it right yeah i mean i i i had a couple of experiences supernatural experiences in my own life i mean i, I went to the, the extent of i i proclaim this every day driving around you know i got plates on my truck that you know one of these things that was presented to me by God, mm-hmm. uh, I, I finally, when I had the opportunity to get personalized plates, I got personalized plates that put this on there, and uh, it all it ties into it's 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 my plates say, uh, uh, "You are, I am." Oh, 
Your plates on your truck now say that, right? Yes. That's right. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And that was uh, something that came to me when I had this experience, this God experience. Right. And I thought, man, that, that if I ever have an opportunity you know, to do personalized plates, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I want to like proclaim that. Like, you right. Know, you are the great I am, right? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not God. So there's a couple of meanings. It's like, you're God and I'm not. Yeah. Right. You know, so there's a couple yeah. of meanings to it. And it's interesting because people look and they point or, yeah. you know, like, what does that mean? Or, and I get other people that say, oh, I said, I love your your plate. It's a great witnessing I, tool, I said, right? You, you get it, right? And yeah. he's like, yeah, I get it. Or people say that. But it's, you know, the part where I learned that I needed help. And if I asked for it, um, I was going to, I didn't have to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. of not getting it because if I was in the right frame of mind and I was doing things with the right motivation um, whenever I asked for help I got it right whatever I you know I prayed uh, my prayers were answered wasn't always in the they, they haven't always been in the, in the way that I would have expected them to but was always in God's plan and it's pretty simple in the big book of AA it talks about God doesn't make too difficult at of terms for people that seek him uh, you know what i mean we we try to complicate it and meditate our way for hours into a relationship with god or or jump through all these hoops or man if i don't get up at 5 30 in the morning with my king james version of the bible and and do my devotions every single day just right yeah, for two hours a day then, or... then god and i aren't we're not good you know it's not that God difficult. Made us to be in relationship. We right. are social beings. Yeah, and it's, it was they, we were created that way on purpose, so that we go out and interact with other people. Yeah, not to sit at home and and just read, and meditate. I mean, we have to actually get out there and interact with others. Come down off the mountaintop, right? And I see it all the time. People, you know, they 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 start their new life, and it's all they they do the uh, spiritual bypass where everything is about. You know, I'm just going to be in prayer and meditation constantly. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, you're missing what's going on around you. Yeah. You're missing. I mean, I got guys that, that, that sometimes sit in group that they're kind of on la-la land and they're missing like super points that other guys are making that are tying things that are happening in their lives to scripture. Yeah. Uh, to what's going on at a message they heard in church. And confirmation from some guy on the street or that walked into the thrift store. Mm-hmm. They're tying them together, but these some of these people are like so tuned out uh, that they're missing they're missing the whole boy. They're missing the whole point, and I think it it it's it keeps them stuck because then they go, "Well, I, man, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, but I don't see a whole lot of changes happen. I, yeah. I feel different. You know, I have some I have some new knowledge I didn't have. I'm not so angry, but." Like nothing really is happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. I, one guy I, the other day I asked, I said, I said, You're okay. I said, what What did you get out of what, our discussion? And he's like, I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was, wow. I was too busy praying in my head. Oh uh, boy, that's a that's a typical example of spiritual bypass right there. And the what we were talking about was about how to tie in to. The messages that we hear, you know, from, you know, uh, from church, from people we see on the street, our friends, our family, um, 
and the the stuff that we feed our our brains with, our yeah. feed our spirits with. So, you know, it could be videos that are they're feeding our spirit or music or whatever, and how that all ties together and how God works through all that. Mm-hmm. And he just totally totally Missed oblivious it. to it. I wanted to touch on this uh, uh, what what uh, Catherine L said about uh, steps eight and nine being accomplished on our recovery journey and. Uh, kind of tied in what you were talking about as far as um, restoring sanity, building relationships, or repairing old relationships. Uh, One of the things, and a lot of people miss this, um, a lot of times you go to to an AA meeting, for instance, and you'll see the promises on the wall. And um, a lot of times it won't say the ninth step promises. It'll just say the promises, which I, I think we're doing a disservice because these are the ninth step promises. And she's talking about steps eight and nine here. We talked a little bit about this last week. So steps eight is may, we make a list of all the people we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. And then step nine is the action step where we actually go out and make direct amends to such people whenever possible. Except when to do so would injure them or others. So you never make an amends at the cost of somebody else's harm. You you just don't do that. And and a lot of people don't understand don't fully understand or comprehend what all that means. They don't. They don't. And so they'll try and go I mean I I, I can't tell you how many people times I've sponsored guys and in their first week they want to go out and make amends to all these people. No. And it's like you are going to implode or explode over somebody or they're going to explode on you. Slow down, sucker. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I had a guy that said that he was going to go and, and make a, make his uh, uh, amends. They thought it was important when he go, when he went on his first pass. And I said, what's that? He goes, I got to go tell my buddy that uh, I slept with his wife. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Well, you won't be coming and back. And so we, we, we talked a little bit about that, right? Yeah. And it, so – they had had some trouble in their marriage a few years back, and they uh, they went through counseling and restoration, and they're back on track, and their marriage is happy, and things are going well. Right. So now this guy wants to go in there and tear it all apart. That's not what you do. You that's not an amends. That's not an amends. That's, you know that that your motives are to basically destroy that. Well, you want to clear your own conscience at the cost of their. Serenity. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, his his friend, his wife, and their kids. Right. They're basically, getting a right. cause damage to all of them. Right. Right. But in in these promises, it says uh, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development. Now, that's an important statement. What phase of our development? The ninth step phase. The amends phase. So you, these things don't happen if you don't do this step. And people go. I don't know why I'm not financially free. I've done everything but step nine. Well, that's because you're still all your creditors, you dingbat. You know, right. I don't know why this isn't happening and these promises aren't coming true. Well, all you've been doing is coming to meetings. You haven't been doing anything else except yeah. for sitting there. But it says we will be uh, amazed before we are halfway through. Halfway through with what? The amends list. Uh, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. So that's 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 a a restoration to sanity now i'm experiencing freedom and happiness we will not regret the past or wish to shut the door on it why because god wants us to use that to help others that's part of our 12 step yeah we gotta learn from it so don't repeat it we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone so when people say well i'm uh, you know 
I, I was too far gone. Nothing can work. It doesn't matter here. It says, we will see how our experience can benefit others. So this is all about helping other people. You know, we got all this stuff. And, and then the list goes on. It's quite lengthy of all the promises. But this is when these things start coming true. Uh, and Catherine L. points it out. This is how we restore the sanity in our lives and Sometimes it, prior to this, it says there are people we may not be able to do this with. Right. Um, and that's okay. But we do our part. God will not render us white as snow without our cooperation. But what TJ's talking about, can, can, this confrontation thing, she's in a turmoil thing right now where she's got roommates that are walking all over the top of her. But fear of not being able to get the rent paid is keeping her from saying, you can't live in my home. Right. Right? And so there's insanity going on. And, I mean, this stuff, we go through this stuff in our lives and we're eligible to run into reoccurring insane moments all the time, right? Yeah. And we need to learn how to apply and implement the principles that we're being taught to be able to restore us because I could I can get insane today. I'm doing pretty good right now. Well, but- the, the one thing that I think we have to do uh, on the side is we have to we have to do other things because <laughs> there's a few th- there's a few areas that the steps don't cover. I think sure. Very, well, they're a spiritual well. they're a spiritual kindergarten. They were never meant right. to cover everything. Communication is probably. A huge one because we got to learn, uh, learn how to communicate better or differently with people in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to be able to set up boundaries so when people like right. like what we're talking about aren't living up to their end of the deal, we got to be able to to say, you know, this is not okay. This is not okay. Yeah. You know, um, you got X amount of time to do this because I, you know, um, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna have to move out. You know, or whatever, whatever the right, scenario is, right. um, for our sanity. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. then we 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 have. Because uh, I know she's you know, she's not afraid to talk to people. No. Right. So she can go out there, and if you once you put the hardest part is getting the stuff out and laying it out there. Once it's out there, then it's not no longer in your court; it's in their court. It's in their court. Because you're like, here, these are the these are the rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know what how it was all set up in this particular scenario, but I mean, I learned a long time ago when I was long, when I was young, like you know, six. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get it. You know, everything in writing. If it's not in writing, it never happened. Exactly. And you got to spell everything out. Oh, but they're my friend. I trust them. Regardless, it doesn't you matter. Still have you to have an agreement it. that's uh, you know, and then it's like anything else. If the <laughs> if they don't follow the agreed contract, then you you know the next step would be here's a a letter in you know here's an official letter in writing. Yeah. Um. You know, and send it to them. Signature required, even if they're in the same house. Yeah. So there's no misunderstanding. So there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. You're covered. So if you have to actually, you know, God forbid, go take them to court, because uh, these days and ages, it's really hard to get. Once people get into your house, yep. Especially if you don't have a contract, it's hard to get them out. And and a judge will say, "Where's your paper trail?" Right. 
Well, I trusted him. All you have to do is watch Judge Judy for about uh, a week, and yeah, you'll get right? all the expertise you'll ever Where's want. Where's the contract? Well, it was verbal. <laughs> really? Well, isn't a verbal contract and, binding? And her response usually <laughs> is, she'll go, watch this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so did you agree to pay rent? Nope, absolutely not. They said I could stay there for free. Well, there you go. There you There's go. your answer. Dismissed. <laughs> Lesson, lesson learned. Good luck, right? So part of part of restoring to sanity, part of building relationships or repairing old ones, is you need to learn how to set boundaries. You need to have boundaries. Well, maybe you got to have sanity first before you can really restore it. Sometimes our lives have been insane from day one. Yeah, we don't know what sanity looks like. We we may have been <clears throat> born into a highly dysfunctional family to where. We grew up with insanity constantly, and we don't know anything else, right? Yep. And that's rough. I uh, I just talked with a with a guy today that he had a horrible start. Yeah, and he's lived his life horribly because that's all he's known how known how to do. No one, and then yeah. he's got a taste of something different, and he wants something different, but he's still. His whole life up to this point has been totally destructive and, you know, in and out of prison and, excuse me, and, you know, everything that goes along with that lifestyle. So he doesn't have any memory of something that was good to say, I want I want that back. He doesn't even have that, right? Nope. Nope. Wow. That, I mean, my heart goes out to him. That's rough. Really right. rough. You know, but I I can see that there's a spark in there that that he know he know he knows what you know right from wrong and what where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. But it's the process on how to get there because everything is so uh, been so ingrained in his life. And this will you know we'll probably talk about this in a, another show. But in order for us to change our lives, we have to do uh, something different. We have to yeah. set goals. They know that from daily, weekly, monthly, right, uh, yearly goals uh, that we work on every single day in the opposite of direction that we were living. And even if they're just so simple changes, like, you know, if I come to your house every week and I drive the same route, right now, I if I go a different route, uh, Every other time I'm switching things up, my awareness is is up because I'm paying more attention to this new area that I'm, you know. It's, it's good for your brain. Right. It's good, it's good for your yeah. health. Yeah. You get to see stuff you didn't see before. Yeah. And I think we, I think we, in the way our world is today, we've forgotten the value and stuff like that. Well, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the, the. Uh, the comfort in uh, and routines. Mm-hmm. You get into routine, and right? You get comfortable in there, but then we complain about not going anywhere, being stuck, or not growing. I'm never challenged, not right? Yeah, <laughs> um, getting complacent, and then we end up, you know, we find something shiny object, and you know, there yeah, you go. off to the races. And you and and you're the the Dave of shiny objects. You even got a little. St- Little squirrel thing that somebody gave you, right? I do. <laughs> and I think, and you I, notice I've I've been playing with you know your wristband thing. Yeah, yeah, the hair tie. So, so, but I, and I think I think we're all eligible to to 
to go follow that shiny object and so to get distracted. And the enemy of our soul loves to use distractions, right? And I'll right. tell you, if if I get in, if I get stuck in a routine and it's the same thing, I get to a point where I get bored. And then that shiny object comes along and it may not be the healthy thing for me. And well, I'm going to go there. And, you know, that we have to be intentional about doing something different. Yeah. Doing little things. You know, we talked earlier off the air about how we can start our day out in the first five minutes of it mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in a downward spir- spiral. Right. Right. We get up right off the and bat. We start worrying about what do I got to do today? What all oh, I got to, you know, bills, whatever. We start worrying about things. We get on social media. We start looking at what everybody else is doing, and they're, you know, either they're complaining, or that, you know, maybe we're maybe, maybe we're jealous because they've, you know, oh look at my new car, or look at it. Here's another trip, of <laughs> whatever. Right. So then you know, we're, we're, you know, we're really depressed. Then and we go. Then we go off to work. And we spend our day working with with people all day, trying to trying to help them, you know. And we're a mess. Life. Yeah. And if we just stayed off our phone that first hour, well, if, and it just <laughs> right, and just try do something more positive. You yeah. Know, get up, exercise, go for a walk. Right. You know, um, whatever it is. It's so so here's and this is this is maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail, but one of the things that I caught myself doing that I'm that I am attempting to not do and i'm uh, please listeners don't think i'm judging you if you do this but the bible on my phone i found myself leaving my bible at home on sunday morning oh it's on my phone right and then the pastor would say you know like turn to romans 12 or something like that right and i'm on my phone trying to find Romans 12, and then pretty soon I'm not even on my phone anymore. I'm just listening to him. I'm not following along anymore. Mm. you know. And it started by, depending on technology, instead of actually having my Bible in my hand, and I've, I've actually lost something there. So I'm intentionally going back to taking my actual Bible with me. Um, and, and for me, now other people can do this, but for me, it became a distraction brought on by progress and technology that ended up keeping me away from the word of God completely. And I, I'll just listen to it. He's saying the scripture verse. He's quoting it. I'm good. You see you see where things were just getting shaved off a little bit more, a little bit more, yep. a little bit more. I, I actually, I have an app on my phone and I it's faster for me because... Most people that are doing sermons, they move so quickly that by the time I find the scripture, they're under the next one. So what I I ended up doing Mm -hmm. is uh, I try not to do this anymore, um, but I I get a piece of paper. Yeah. There's usually a note thing in the bulletin. bulletin, Yeah. And I will take notes. Yeah. Because then I have to actively listen to what's going on and... What the pastor's, um, you know, mindset is on whatever that scripture yeah. is or that message yeah. that may connect with with, with, with ugh, can't talk today, resonate with me. Um, so me taking notes and then making notes if there's something that makes comments. Some churches will have a, uh, a you know, a, ha- have a printout or you can like fill in the fill in the blanks questions or yeah. the statements and then you. 
you fill in your notes. Um, and I, I, I like that the best. I do. I like that too. I, I retain now it I'm more. I'm staying engaged mm-hmm. and I'm actually learning something. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than wasting my time trying to like look through the, you know, flip the pages or be on my phone trying to pull up the, the scripture. I like doing it on my phone if I do it because some, uh, in my phone on, on my Bible app, I can highlight uh, oh, right. scripture right. verses in there or bookmark them for later. Um, but I found the easiest thing for me to do that where I get the most out of it is if I just take notes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll never forget the, then, the end I, of God will actually come in and speak to me in the middle of this. And then I can write that down too. Where right. If I'm doing something totally different. Right. Uh, and I'm distracted. I'm not, I'm not listening to God anymore. I'm, I'm back to my own ego. So I was, I was leaving uh, our pastor, the church we went to years ago. He would, he would do the, what, what I always call the, the Southern, uh, the Southern Baptist exit strategy. He would go out to the door and as people were leaving, he would shake their hands as they were leaving. You know, that, that was a very common thing back in the day. Um, and I'll never forget this. I've, I've, I've held on to this. I'd said, Pastor, that was really, really a powerful sermon. He goes, what did I say? <laughs> and I couldn't tell him. Right. Ouch. And he just laughed and gave me a hug. But well, I, you know, I really wasn't, to tell you the truth, to be really honest, I, I remember I really wasn't paying attention that day. So I was just I was just giving him kudos, and then he called me on it. Well, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm 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 different, but if I would even if I was taking notes, right? And so and, and that happened to me, right? I probably would know what to say. You either. wouldn't. You wouldn't because I wouldn't remember. You know, of course. You know, I've I have issues. <laughs> Sometimes I I I. Use them as a crutch, or at least I. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I think they affect me more than they actually do, and I say I use them as a crutch to kind of decompensate. See, there you go thinking again. Right. Right. <laughs> I had a brain hemorrhage uh, uh, not too long ago. Well, it's it's been a while. It's been fifteen years. Well, you're lucky four, to be alive four, then, right? And a half years ago. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I have some short-term memory mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, I compensate for that by saying, oh, I just use it as a crutch. But the real reality is, is I probably don't. It probably just is what it is. Well, I, I had somebody tell me one time, they said, uh, hey, Monty, don't you think this Jesus thing is just a crutch? And I said, well, what makes you think I'm not crippled? There you go. There you go. We're out of time. Dave, any closing thoughts? No. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> that was easy. Uh, our closing song is by Hillary Roberts. And... Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and it's entitled Reach Out. And listen, this, this is great because one of the things that God does in our lives is once we've experienced a restoration to sanity. Once we've been able to rebuild relationships or we're building new ones, um, we, we almost intuitively want to give away what's been given to us. And so, uh, reaching out and helping other people that are hurting becomes part of many of our lives. And, uh, you know, it, it can be tricky. 
They can be discouraging, but don't give up because when you reach out, you're doing God's work. So here's here's who I'll read with Reach Out. She wakes up every morning, going through the same routine, coffee and her nicotine. In her eyes, there's a story, a broken home that she's been through, left alone for someone new. with her song, Reach Out. For more of her great music, visit HillaryRoberts.com. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you that because of God's love and because of his grace, you and I are entitled to overcome. I'm entitled to overcome.
This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.